welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. Today I'm once again joined by Laurie, our co-host. Hello Laurie. Hello everyone and Craig. <laughs> Very enthusiastic there. And we're once again joined by JB or John. Hello. Hi Craig. Hi, how you doing? Hello, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yourself, Laurie? Not bad. Are we not sure who's on? <laughs> We're either joined by JB or John, depending which... I'm not really sure what I should call you, John. What would you oh, like to be referred whatever, to? Whatever you want, whatever you want. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? <laughs> no, JB or John. Whatever, John. Right. John's fine. John, right. <laughs> we'll go to Sunday name. <laughs> so I thought we'd start off by looking back to last Tuesday and Scotland's game against Spain, which, well... We, we built it up last week. Well, I tried to build it up. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't much confidence from you, Laurie, or Greg. We 2-0 and 4-0 predictions. It was Ian who was uh, there last week. Was it Ian? Yes. Sorry. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep going, keep going. I like, I like including Craig's errors. <laughs> yeah, but... We'll have that at the Christmas special, Craig's errors. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, two hours worth of errors. <laughs> I went for a, a two-each draw, so I was I was slightly optimistic and slightly. also followed that up by, I think I had three or four Scotland players as first scorers because of the, the odds that were on offer. But, well, Spain came away with a 3-1 victory. I'm not sure we want to go into it in too much depth because... It was it was pretty depressing. Did we? It went. Was it three four minutes from kick off? We didn't even get a sniff of the ball. No. It was. Oh, there was a there was a cheer in the pub I was in when I'm not sure who it was. Maybe Gary Caldwell managed to boot the ball out the park for our first touch. I think it was better. And that was a kind of level. <laughs> was it better? Yeah. It was. That was a kind of level that we were playing at. So I don't know. Did did you get to watch it? Yeah, I watched it in the pub. Um... It was men against boys, I think. It was David David Silva especially. It was just different class. Um, it's like when he's got the ball, it's as if the ball was kind of sticking to his feet permanently. The passing it was one of the goals. Everyone touched it. And it was a, was a 42 pass move. Yeah, yeah. And Xavi touched the ball eight times through the whole move. That's like, I, mean, I think we, we probably never stood a chance, but whoever Spain play. They have seventy percent odd possession, so we didn't really hold out much hope, especially going one up front. Maybe try to keep it tight early on, do it. Um, I remember Switzerland at the World Cup. Uh, was it no last year? Was it last year? Yeah, two thousand ten, and they get the the one 0 victory. I think Levine tried to go keep it maybe kind of quite tight, hope that maybe we would get a wee goal when the counter attack, and then try and just defend for our lives, but. Uh, we were always, I think, relying on Lithuania to beat Czech Republic, to be fair. Yeah, and that, that really went horribly wrong. Yeah, I don't think there was any surprise in the week, and I don't think there's too much to really... I don't think we could really be too critical of, of anyone who gets beat by Spain, even if they rest a couple of big players. You know, like you say, it's, it's David Silva who's coming in, or, or David, rather, he's Spanish. And, I mean, then I, I was like, I was watching, obviously, Chelsea at the weekend, and it's like Juan Mata, who's another potential backup to come in and he's another fantastic player so they've got such a, a huge amount of good players Spain and they're they're spat they're rec- I can't remember what exactly is off the top of my head but they rarely lose and um, they really don't win so yeah I think 
it was expected. The same in the home game against Spain, which we did quite well. But the campaign was lost against the Czech Republic, against Lithuania. It wasn't lost against Spain. So, yeah, I mean, the same that uh, JB says, you got on the forum, Jungle Joe said, men against boys, Johnny Foreigner, very good side, as good as Brazil, 70. Um, Aye, who, potentially, I think, yeah. that's, I think that might be the first time I've ever agreed with Jungle Joe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there we go, Scott, see, there's, the good thing with Scotland, it brings everyone together in mutual acceptance of the fact that we're poor, or mutual acceptance of how good Spain are, so... Yeah, I've, I mean, I've never seen sides like Brazil 70 in terms of, you know, for full 90 minutes. Uh, you know, I've seen the highlights of them and they seem great, but certainly Spain and Barcelona are the, the club and the international sides that I've never seen anything kind of close to in my time anyway. Douglasta as well. It was a close game, though. Close to a proper hiding, man for man and tactically superior. Like I've said before, badges and all. Our coaches have a hell of a lot to learn and should go to Spain and study football the way it's meant to be played. Well, that's something that Levine was keen to try out, was he not? He's always mentioned trying striving to, to play like Barca, which he does, he does yeah. get some criticism for saying that because it's a, well, it's high hopes. But but yeah, maybe maybe we should be striving to, to do that. I think you can try that from the ground up. And I think Barcelona certainly set the kind of the standard as, as such. But the problem is you can't just take 11 players who, who aren't, you know, accustomed to playing like that and then going right go out and play like Barcelona if it was as easy as that then everyone would start doing it but obviously these are this is a players who grow up from a young age getting told to play that way that's how they develop as footballers and they've you know obviously you've got to appreciate the Barcelona team they've been together for a long time now and they've played together a lot of them have played together in the youth ranks and such and they've kind of just added a few top class individuals to that so it's not as easy as that. And I think Barcelona, the, the one thing we're trying to strive to emulate that is it's sort of the benchmark, but it's a very, um, it's almost a one-off Barcelona. I don't think you're going to get a lot of them appearing like that in that sort of quality. Even, you know, you've got the likes of Real Madrid and Manchester United who can't quite reach those those standards either. And they've got a lot of money available and they've, you know, brought players through as well. So, well, Man United have anyway. Yeah, so the the failure to to qualify it led to the inevitable calls for Levine's head, and on the forum we had a thread, Levine sacked or backed, which was actually started back in in September by Sheeny Bob, who is very much for sacking Levine, but recently got bumped because well, obviously we got put out. And it's kind of mixed here. There's a lot of people saying that he should go, but there's not many people saying, not many people suggesting uh, alternatives to Levine. Uh, not anyone up to his standard. Is there anyone that you you think could replace him, or would you keep him? Personally, I would. I don't think we should sack him just now because, for one reason, I know it's a poor reason. I don't know who would replace him in terms of. I don't know who'd really take the job. I mean, Cal, when it got bumped, said, what about Martin O'Neill? Worked in Scotland and knows English footy yeah. too good. Mo- motivator, good motivator, knowledge of the game. He might do if the manager gets sacked. Um, I couldn't see O'Neill taking it, to be honest. Not in a million years. Um, I think he'll be back managing in the English top flight if he does kind of come back into management. Um, so, personally, I honestly couldn't even... I couldn't give you a name. People suggest other Scottish managers, but... 
a lot of managers. George Burley, people forget, was deemed a very good manager. He did a lot with Ipswich in England, did well at Hearts, the brief spell he yep. was here, and he kind of failed badly at it. So club management, international management, doesn't always transfer as easily as that. So I'd keep him for now. Um, some people don't agree with that. Danny1888 says, Sacked, I have no confidence in the man whatsoever. SPL football is his level. We'd absolutely love the SFA to fork out for a top manager. The returns would be fantastic in the long run. Just to pity the SFA are too tight-fisted. Although I seem to remember we brought in um, a German top manager at one point, and yeah, that didn't he go. Had as, the pedigree. That didn't go yeah. quite as well as as people had hoped. So, <laughs> and uh, you know, England have done it as well and it's not always worked out quite as well maybe Ireland under Trapattoni is an example of it maybe working a bit better yeah possibly uh, on that note did you did you manage to see Armenia's own goal during the week <laughs> I did yeah um, <laughs> that was quite comical yeah I think the commentator at the time I think the reaction I, I presume it was an Armenian commentary I saw it, it just went mamma mia <laughs> <laughs> I, I was watching it in a in a pub. I was watching the the Scotland game. I think it was. I think that game finished before the Scotland game. But I seen it on a screen, and I, I couldn't really work it out that Ireland had scored. Yet a man. Yeah, I seen a player hit a, a ball in an open net. I just couldn't get my head around it. My defence would be obviously when you see it with the the wide screen, you can see everything that's happening around him. It looks really bad. When you're running back. You've maybe got that thought in your head: Is there a player behind me coming in at the back post? And you, you know, it's still an absolutely ridiculous goal. But I can only presume that's the thing he thought, and he maybe thought, "I need to get in the way of this." But it was an absolutely calamity. So, so if you want to see it, I think it is on the forum somewhere. I think it is. Yeah, if you go on the forum and just search for Armenia own goal, you'll probably find it. But yeah, it's definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it. Aye, because just typing typing in Armenia, there'd be far too many results for that in the forum we're always talking about them you have to narrow it down a <laughs> bit more than that right yeah i'm still waiting for the cogs for ireland to ask for the game to be replayed because of the the handball you know oh hi yeah their, keep, their keeper gets sent off yeah it was actually a chest and the republic of ireland striker controlled the ball with his hand remember the yeah yeah all the fuss over yep. theory on me but oh it's, yeah. it's different when the ball's on the other foot isn't it <laughs> Maybe that's, that's another, another day for that Aye. <laughs> so I was going to say in terms of Scotland well, there was also a, a poll started briefly in terms of looking ahead to the next campaign which was will we qualify for Brazil 2014 which Danny 1888 started and it was an 82% no and 18% yes so um, it would seem that the majority of people uh, on the forum anyway are still pessimistic about our kind of hopes yeah, I think everyone's still hurting to in the manner that we we failed to qualify. I think I think that's preying in everyone's minds because I'd hope that we're slightly more optimistic than that. Hopefully, yeah, I think, I think well, we should be a bit more optimistic. I know that the campaign's not been great, but we've maybe the, the kind of new players that have come in, the likes of Mikhail Smith, Bannon, the likes of Hanley, Smith, Adam. Even this campaign will be a bit more experienced. To, how international football works. Lavino maybe learn his lessons, realise that he's made a few mistakes. And the, the group, to be honest, everyone probably has got a chance of qualifying apart from Macedonia, I would think. I don't think there's any 
there are any great teams in the group. <laughs> I don't see why there's any reason to be optimistic, to be honest. I see every team in that group, bar Macedonia, being able to beat us. And yeah, you can say that we can possibly beat them, but I just think we seem, to me, you know, Wales are, are what are they? I think they're like the bottom seed, aren't they, in the group? And, you know, they're so, yeah. and they've got yeah, they are, G- yeah. Gareth Bale, Aaron Ramsey, Craig Bellamy, and their last few results have been pretty good. I just think I see our three competitive wins under Levine um, as twice twice against Liechtenstein, who I'd expect most SPL teams to beat. And well, to be honest, we were lucky as well. We were lucky. Yeah. One goal victories. Yep. And against Lithuania, who, yeah, I'd probably expect most SPL teams to beat as well. So we beat two absolutely rubbish teams. And now we're getting a group which don't have any... Even Macedonia, away from home yet, we should beat them at Hamden. But they're one of these teams who cause problems for everyone at home. So I can see us losing to every team in that group. But we could also win against every team in the group. That's the way you've got to look at it. Bit of optimism, come on. Yeah, but you say we could win. We could win against every team in the group. But I wouldn't obviously be surprised if every team in that group could also beat us at Hamden bar Macedonia. You know, Wales. Like I say, Wales are the bottom seed. And I'd look at their team and I think... I would possibly rather have their team than ours. But it's only three players, like you mentioned. Like, they could be looking at our team and saying, we've got two or three good players. It's, Who's that? I think it, that's maybe... <laughs> you have, like, Fletch, Darren Fletcher, Charlie Arden, Barron. Like, oh, I'm optimistic. I'm always optimistic, though. I'm probably in the minority that I think we've always got a chance. Yeah. But, as long as we sort out our defence, I think that the Caldwell and and Berra have they've, they've had their chance. I think we should move on. And Wilson's one positive, but I just can't think who else could partner him. Uh, yeah. I, I definitely wouldn't have Caldwell and Berra back for the next campaign. I think Caldwell in particular, he, I think he's done well in his time, but it's just he just can't cut it really at that top level consistently. I thought he played okay against Spain, but other than that, I, I can't remember a game when he's played very well for Scotland. And Berra, well, I think Berra was just scared uh, on Tuesday. He just seemed scared to to commit to a tackle because he knew he'd be turned, and we, we can't have that when we're playing top-class opposition. So I thought we'd, we'd move on from Scotland and... Yay! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and move on to the, the SPL games of the weekend and the first game of the weekend was the lunchtime kickoff on ESPN Saturday lunchtime and that was Killy against Celtic which well I don't think anybody would have expected the game to turn out the way it did with Killy going 3-0 up by half time and well two of the goals were, were good were decent goals. Uh, one of them, uh, an embarrassing back pass by Mulgrew. But then to to get that 3-0 at half-time and for Celtic to bring it back in the space, was it seven minutes? Yeah. It's uh, Especially with, with Stokes scoring two goals because he looked, he looked a beaten man. He was brought down in the box at one point and he was shouting and balling at the linesman, shouting and balling at the referee. And I just thought, nah, this guy, he's, he's, he's lost it. He's... His game's beaten, and then he came out and done the first the, the free kick, and then the the long range shot, which out the blue and pretty much inch perfect as well. So yeah, it was a good game. Did either of you manage to watch it? I never saw it. I was on the I was on my way up to Aberdeen, uh, but talking of Stokes, I saw the highlights earlier. Did you see the open goal we missed? 
when it was nil nil. Oh dear. If he if he if he scores that, it's maybe a a different game. But that was that was a a horror miss. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what was going through his mind there. It was just it was easy. It was easier than the Armenia. <laughs> Took a bobble. Give him that though. <laughs> But um, the bottom line is with Stokes, you know, it's it's a, it's a, it's an odd, it's a very surprising miss. But I think you can see the best strikers do that. But he gets into positions, and it doesn't, he didn't let it affect him when he scored two cracking goals. So I think he fully justified um, his inclusion, and it, you know, it shows that the, the thing that seemingly everyone knew Lennon should do, which he eventually does do, was was correct. You know, to play Stokes as opposed to Samaras or Bangura. But yeah, it's a it's a bizarre one really because before the game, if you said Celtic are going to draw a three three, you'd have thought, God, that's another kind of that's another big problem for Lennon. But because of the manner in which they came back, I suppose it's almost a positive, kind of. Um, I thought Heffern and Shields look really good for Kelly from what I saw. It is also I read in the paper, so I hope they got it right. The first time in Celtic's history they have come back from three uh, three nil behind in a domestic match. Yeah, um, yeah. I didn't check it myself, but I did read that in the paper. So an interesting stat there. So good, good stat. Yeah. One thing that struck me is um, I noticed Hearts last week. I know Hart Kelly kind of like Hearts are under Sergio. They're kind of constantly trying to play it on the bo- the the ball on the ground, short passing game. Um, Hearts last week mixed up against Celtic, started playing diagonal balls, try to test them a bit more at the back, and it worked. You know they won, and I noticed Kelly's goals coming from similar as well, you know, change they go going direct and it seems to be a big weakness for Celtic. You know, they can't seem to defend when some balls are played over the top and it was almost like watching like a Sunday league team at times, you know, just letting the ball bounce, letting it go over their head, you know, miss you know, putting back passes in with not enough power. It just it was like embarrassing, you know, almost to watch it. That's that's Celtic, you know, that's supposed to be one half of the old firm against Kilmarnock and they were conceding goals so easily. So yeah, an odd result in the end that Kelly are disappointed because they seem to have a lot of chances as well, which Celtic will be really concerned about because usually against the old firm, the old saying was, you know, you need to take your chances because you won't get many. Well, Kelly seemed to miss a whole lot of chances as well. So a weird result, did, yeah. a weird result because in the end, it almost maybe has a bit of positive for Lennon because he's turned it round sort of um, in the match. But overall, they will see his two points dropped. Although... Japester says that, oh dear, another two points dropped. Could have been worse, I suppose. Um, Black Dog, good result. Good game, good result. Although, as Jape says, could have been better. And that's obviously from a, a Rangers perspective yeah. as well. Yeah. So, predictions, I'd went for a 2-0 victory to Celtic. And even during the game, when it was 1-0 to Kelly, uh, I put my lucky 15 on and I included Celtic in that, which... Well, maybe it was a bit foolish at 1-0, but I still had hope for them. Uh, Laurie, you'd went for 4-1 to Celtic, and Ian, he'd went for 3-0 to Celtic. So, zero points all round. Yep. So, next game up, Aberdeen against Dundee United. Yes! (laughs) This This is John's territory here. So, well... None of us expected uh, an Aberdeen win going into this. I'd I'd thought Dundee United would have strolled this 2-0. Ian had went 3-0. Laurie, you had went for a 2-2 draw. But Aberdeen won it 3-1. And from what I've seen, it seemed fairly convincing. There was maybe a couple of scares at the end. But 
other than that, I thought Aberdeen deserved their win. I went up. Uh, it's the first time I've been up this year. Um, first game I went to. I was I was optimi- wait, slightly optimistic before the game. Just I thought we've got a decent home record so far this year. Um, I'd predicted one nil in the predictor, but yeah, I mean it was it was a pretty convincing one in the end. Um, the first half, Dundee United actually played all right. Had I would say probably more of the possession, but couldn't really do anything with it. Um, the three goals that we scored were all from set pieces. Um, I, I can't actually remember many other chances that we had, but we certainly played a lot better than any time I've seen them last year. Um, actually, in the one game yesterday. I saw us score three goals. I went to six games last year and saw us score two goals. <laughs> so that, yeah, that says a lot. Um, the big thing about the team I noticed yesterday, and that is obviously Craig Brown team. You know what Craig Brown's teams are like. They're usually hard to beat. But the the spine of the team, we've got probably, I think we've got six players over the height of six foot in the team. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly helping us. That probably maybe the reason why we kind of scored kind of three goals at set pieces, but it's Dundee United just did not defend at all. Um, the boy Pernas in goal for Dundee United has always been a player I thought has been kind of pretty reliable keeper, but yesterday just for the second and third goals kind of sold the jerseys. He, he wasn't at the races at all. The third in particular was, was pretty embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, I was, beh- I was behind the goal and I actually thought he'd made a good save at first, but then just because just that, that way I was so far back. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, why is everyone cheering? And then it turned out I had pushed the ball into his own net. So. <laughs> yeah. I was surprised with the how confident you and Ian were last week United winning because United have been pretty rubbish the past few weeks. And as far as I've heard, they just seem to be in free fall and just nothing about them at all. And the, the goals were just absolutely appalling defending. It was just simple headers and pff, I don't know, just... I'm surprised. I expect United to struggle a bit this season, you know, especially when Goodwillie left as well. But I certainly didn't expect them to be as bad as they're turning out to be. So, from what I heard, it was like from what I heard, JB was kind of accurate in the first half. I, when I heard the halftime update, it sounded like United had more of the ball, but they weren't kind of threatening. It didn't sound like there was an awful lot happening. And in the end, Aberdeen kind of took their chances when United handed them to them. <laughs> So, yeah, it'd be good for us. Yeah. Good win for United. I mean, good win for Aberdeen, rather, especially against United. There's that sort of rivalry, the the new firm rivalry, I say sarcastically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I noticed, the, I expected the crowd to be a bit more, to be honest. I was surprised when I saw it was just 10,000, because there's usually, and I kind of looked up last year's, just after Brown kind of had joined, and it was 12,500. Just because I noticed the commentator said something about a good crowd at Pataudry, so I I, did, yeah. So I looked it up and it said 10 and I was actually, I was surprised that it was that low because when United go, they generally, it said that they brought a decent support with them as well. So um, yeah. I don't know if that's the expectations going even further down from last season in terms of attendances, but I would even now expect more than that at an Aberdeen done the United game. Yeah, it was disappointing because as well, they were, they were doing an incentive whereby anyone that bought a ticket um, over the age of 18 to, could take someone under the age of 18 to the game. So you'd have thought, you'd have, you would have thought they would have got a, a slightly bigger crowd, especially as well. There's not been any football for a couple of weeks for the clubs. Aberdeen obviously won the last game. So a three o'clock kickoff as well, I thought it would have been a good crowd. But no, I don't know. Maybe maybe yesterday they will encourage more, more fans to go back. I've certainly, I mean, obviously I've not been before this season um, up to any kind of home games, but it's made me kind of want to go to more games. Um, certainly a lot 
just end now, you know. If you don't go again, then that's hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I probably peaked. I probably peaked. I would have a well. Yeah, but but we did play well. I think it's. I don't like to be critical when when the team is won, but we're, I think we're still going to struggle at times because um, across the middle we're playing four central midfielders, and Fraser Fife, much as he's going to try in there, he's playing out wide right. He, he's he's not he's a cracking player, but he's not someone that's going to get down the byline. He wants to be in the centre of the park where they can kind of influence the game, and that's maybe kind of something. I think if if teams have got a bit of width, then we'll struggle against that. Um, because we're kind of quite we're quite narrow in midfield. But Aberdeen haven't had width for like what, two years or something. There, they just don't seem to sign anyone to play wide or overlapping fullbacks or wide. This don't seem to. This seems bizarre. They don't seem to bring anyone in. Fullbacks as well. We're, we've not the fullbacks don't tend to get Foster gets forward, um, and then we've got Ryan Jack who's playing well there, but he's a he's a central midfielder. Yeah. So we we, ha- we have the only width we've really got in the squad maybe is Paulet, and. He was left on the bench yesterday. He didn't even come on at all. Um, but I mean, I mean, we did, we won three one. But I do think if we're playing against a team that's got a bit of width, then I think we will struggle um, in that aspect. So I thought we'd move on to Dunfermline against Hearts. Laurel appreciates me bring this one up because Hearts won this two 0 I had went for a one nil victory to Hearts, so I would have got one point in predictor. Laurie had went for a, a 3-1 victory and Ian had went for a 3-2 victory. Now, I've seen the highlights and I thought Hearts played well. Uh, I thought Dunfermline showed some promise, but they, they definitely didn't deserve to, to get anything out of the game. But I, I don't think that they were they were total losers. But I, was, I wanted to bring up something on Saturday night. I went onto the forum and I went into the, the chat room. <laughs> it's just got a, an increased <laughs> 20 user limit and the talk was Laurie that you were bigging up Hearts as playing like Barcelona no no you, you see you, you took this the wrong way it was <laughs> it was me criticising Hearts and I said I said it was a decent performance but at times it's like we're trying to be Barcelona without the final pass or without, without <laughs> doing anything in the final third as I was meaning I, I watched the whole Hearts game on a <clears throat> perfectly legal and legitimate uh, means. And um, basically, you know, we're having 70% of possession for a lot of the time in the first half, but we were just knocking it about, knocking it about in the back. And the firm are rubbish, I have to say. They were absolute rubbish. It was, that's why I'm not, a team, we we hadn't won away from home since February and I was always confident we were going to win that. They're, they're just pretty crap, to be honest. Um, but that, that was what I was, it was actually a criticism I was saying and you know because it was Saturday night people decided to make a wee joke about it that's what I was meaning you can see how what we're trying to do we're trying to play it around but to be honest the highlights you saw that was pretty much that I should have just watched them because well, there wasn't much else that happened in between it was basically hearts moving the ball around but never going anywhere because again we didn't have a striker really on we had Stevenson up there so he was kind of not getting much service. But Templeton looked quite dangerous at times. He got into a couple of good positions. And one thing I have noticed, he um, he seems to have developed his left foot a bit. Because a couple of times he caught the defender off guard because rather than cutting back in on his right from the left-hand side, he actually went on his left and put in a couple of really good balls. So quite encouraging from him. Um, but yeah, it was well-deserved. We had a, we had the, the majority of the chances. We had the ball for most of the game and... 
yeah, a comfortable header for Webster after a poor bit of defending from Andy Kirk and a nice little move which maybe Templeton should have finished off, but Scatchell did finish off. So good to get the away win and get that kind of monkey off our back. So point behind Celtic at this point in time, I probably would have taken that start of the season. So the the next game up, I thought would look at would be Hibs against Motherwell. And the other side, Edinburgh's not doing so well with Motherwell really keeping up the, the push in second place now, I think. And they won that 1-0. I'd went for a Motherwell win myself. I went for a 3-1. Laurie, you'd went for a 2-1. And Ian had went for a, a 3-0 victory. From what I've seen, Motherwell could have maybe scored another another two or three, maybe more from that. They Six, were really impressive. Seven, ten. 15. Yeah, uh, not quite 15, no. <laughs> no but... Hibs are rubbish. I, I think that's all you can really say. Hibs are rubbish. I think the thing is, they seem to rely on O'Connor. If O'Connor doesn't get, if O'Connor isn't scoring any goals, then Hibs are going to lose pretty much, I think. Or they maybe get a 0 0. They just seem die. I was reading some Hibs fans' reaction because I had that sort of sadistic thing on Saturday where I decided to go and look at the Hibs forum and uh, not not post, just sit there and read it, the dismal posts by them that none of them seem to care anymore because they just presume they'll lose. So yeah, Motherwell seemed to have all the ball, most of the chances and fully deserving of the win. I don't think they'll keep up certainly um, their title challenge, but um, good to see. And one thing I would say though, I, was that what battle of who, who, who could have the worst kit? disgusting I could barely watch the highlights I highlighted Motherwell's kit a few weeks ago and whilst I'm never a big fan of Hibs home colours I'd rather they wore that than whatever that was it was like I they were both playing their away kit weren't they it wasn't just that it was it was like a well. off grey versus purple and black it was just like it was like one of these Sunday league games where you know people deliberately get a kit that no one else will get because they can only afford one so they need one that no one else will have. <laughs> you know, that's why Sunday teams have such weird and minging kits, because they need one that will stand out. So when they play someone, you know, there's not going to be any clash. So maybe Hibs, maybe that's Hibs cutting back even more. Maybe they decided that they need one kit so they don't have to buy one kit each season. Maybe that's the ploy. I remember reading into the, the rules in the SPL once. So I was bored one, one afternoon <laughs> at work, and I read up the, and apparently you're allowed to wear... Uh, your non-home colours, I think it's four times a season. I'm not sure why they introduced that rule. What, but, it's a max? Uh, it's a that's, ma- that's a max, yes, yes. Well, because the, the home team, uh, well, they wear their home colours and then it's the away team that needs to, okay, but say, to deal with the clash. Say because of like, oh, do you mean at home? At, at home, yes, all right. at home, sorry. All right, sorry, so I, know, home, that makes, yes. I thought you meant full stop. I was about to say, if you end no. up with like, <laughs> five red teams in the league then you're gonna get an odd game one time where yeah no that may okay yeah that makes a bit more sense okay sorry i thought you just meant full stop <laughs> and what about the the foul throw for motherwell's goal that's that, that was a, a horrible throw uh, schoolboy i never picked up on it I'm a, no I'm a, oh it was, it was oh. terrible but what about did you see higdon's miss as well another kind of open goal he missed 
I yeah. must have really yeah. not been paying attention to the highlights of that because I can't remember any of these incidents. But anyway. I think you just switch off when it's Hibs. I think that's ah, you that's... just watch Hearts, Laurie, let's face it. <laughs> uh, you are Barcelona. Uh, <laughs> I don't need to. If it's not Hearts. <laughs> don't need to watch Barcelona. Hearts, I've got, I've got Jamie Hammonds, uh, you kiss, you know, dictating the play, passing it around in their own half. It's brilliant to watch. And then Skatchel, when he scores the goal, he's telling the crowd to shush. And then he's geeing them up, shush. And then geeing them up, shush. He was a bit confused. He couldn't work out what he wanted to do for the celebration. Well, I, I think it was because it was a celebration, but he used to get booked a bit for it because it would be to the opposing fans he'd usually go to. So, I don't know. You should just do an Alan Shearer. Just one arm in the air. And that's it. Run away. <laughs> Run away! <laughs> so... Uh, I thought I'd move to the, the Rangers game and, well, with Celtic drawing at lunchtime, Rangers had the chance, especially playing at home, they had the chance to increase the lead at the top of the table and they came away with a, a 1-1 draw against St Mirren. None of us had predicted this happening. I'd went for a, a 3-1 victory. Laurie, you'd went 3-0. Ian had went 4-0. From what I've seen in the highlights... I thought Lafferty looked very good. I thought Davis looked good. I just I just can't see how Rangers didn't win this. Yet on the forum there seemed to be suggestions from people who had managed to get themselves a a legal stream and they'd managed to watch a game that Rangers didn't deserve anything other than a draw. So I don't know if you's if either of you's managed to watch the the legal stream. Well, Laurie because John well, was at the game. Well, I was watching. You, you know, I was watching Dunfermline Hearts, and that John was at Aberdeen United. So, all oh, right, we can, right. We can safely say that none of us watched the uh, Rangers St Mirren. But yeah, well, I saw the highlights, and from what I read, uh, I read the newspaper report, and when I heard the kind of summary of the game, they seemed it, it seemed to be agreeing with what you're saying. People thought in the forum that St Mirren deserved the point. Um, the Rangers have kind of seemed to come out with the game with an attitude that. It was going to be a sort of turn up and get the three points type of day, and um, certainly at half time anyway, it seemed to sound like St Mirren were the team who were more dangerous. That's what the summary on the radio seemed to be, um, and I I think St Mirren actually had more possession throughout the game. It was also something that somebody told me. So yeah, by all means, from what I read, St Mirren deserved the point. Rangers missed a few chances, but you know Rangers Ibrox, you'd expect them to get a couple of chances, and disappointing by Rangers and. Notice one thing in the league is as much as everyone always refers to the SPL as, you know, this the the one the worst league in, there is for it being a two-team league and not being any competition. Well, I watched Man United and Man City generally go and batter every team they play, and Real Madrid and Barcelona do it. But in our league at the moment, it seems to be that teams don't really seem to be that 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 scared of Rangers or Celtic at the moment at all. And whilst I fully expect them still to finish in the top two places, it's kind of encouraging to see teams playing against them and feeling that they can attack them and they don't just have to kind of sit in and hit on the break necessarily. So, yeah, good good to see from St Mirren. Yeah, there was, it was a kind of... The, the equaliser, I don't think anyone would have seen that coming. They were kind of stuck in the bottom bottom left corner with, with Naismith kind of hassling the keeper and just... Couldn't see that breakaway happening like that. Yeah, it was a good counter attack. Good, for, good for uh, yeah. Stephen Thompson. It's second time this season he's uh, sucker punched one of his old clubs, isn't it? Did it at Tanadice as well. So 
I think he should have scored earlier in the game if it wasn't for Whitaker somehow getting a tackle and I think Thompson didn't really realise he was there. Nah, he's, he's not the quickest off the mark always, is he? But he'll, get, he'll get the goals, he'll get the goals and yeah, Rangers will be disappointed but it depends how you look at it. One way of looking at it is what a missed opportunity but then one way to look at it is if there was a time to drop the points then it's when Celtic have also dropped points. So so the, the final game of the weekend was St. Johnson against Inverness and the final score was 2-0 to St. Johnson. I had went for a, a 3-0 victory to St. Johnson and I can't remember specifics but I'm sure I would have included Sandaza scoring in that. <laughs> you always do. Went, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a broken record but don't worry, my, my preview later on I, I think I'll mention it again. Laura, you'd went for a, a 3-1 victory to St. Johnson, so you would have got a point in the predictor. Ian had went for a, a Paul Band 0-0, so he would have got zero points. I thought St. Johnson looked good, the game, and I wanted to bring up the, the Kevin Moon miss. And I was wondering if you thought it was worse than Stokes. No. No? I can't remember it, but I don't... Th- I don't think it was. When I, I remember when I was watching it, I don't think I, I thought that. Would... I've just realised I forgot to watch the highlights of St. Johnson Inverness. You didn't miss so much. So I can't go in. Uh, you didn't miss much. He's not even you, watched I had, it. A, I, had a, I had a feeling earlier, but I was watching the highlights. I was like, have I missed it? Have I not watched one of the games? So yeah, sorry. Sorry to St. Johnson and Inverness fans who have to do without my this week. Didn't miss much. <laughs> Inverness, pretty rubbish, to be honest. Well, Inverness were, were very rubbish, yes. And um, I think Inverness, Dunfermline, I think they're going to be maybe end up fighting out for, for this relegation. I think Aberdeen are starting to obviously look up a bit. And whilst I, I don't think they'll be anything special, like uh, John was saying earlier, they... They're kind of solid and they'll get enough results, I think, especially at home against teams around them. Whereas, I think Inverness, Dunfermline, they just seem to be lacking something. Um, Inverness, maybe Rooney, um, not Wayne, that is. Uh, uh, Adam uh, certainly seems to, the loss of his goals has really affected yes. them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, St. Johnston getting the results, although they could possibly be losing their manager, understand quite shortly. Bristol City have been speaking to him. Obviously, it's a case of whether he agrees to move to them or not, but that would be a big blow. You know, again, they, they lost Owen Coyle, they managed to unearth Derek Kinnis, and um, it'll be kind of back to the drawing board for St. Johnson in terms of finding a manager, but I think they're already maybe proving that they should at least be safe this season, which would have been their aims at the start of the season, and Sheridan and Sandaza strike again in terms of setting up the first goal. Yeah, I think I think you're right about McInnes. uh was... Officially, he's in talks, but I think it's just a matter of time now before he moves on. And it's a shame, but I suppose St. Johnson are benefiting from the managers uh, at the time before they move on to. I don't think it's any disrespect in saying bigger and better things. Well, I think the bottom line is, especially if he looks at you know Owen Coyle, you know he made that move to Burnley, who weren't at the time, you know they were a sort of not doing that great championship team and you can see what you know turn that into a premier league team get them up there then suddenly he's at a premier league team who are a more consistent premier league team and um you know it's it's the natural kind of way to go and i think bar the old firm and depending on the size of the championship team maybe hearts which i 
at a stretch than most SPL teams, you know, if you get an offer from a championship team, you're going to want to take it because it's one step below English Premier League. So it's certainly want to take. I mean, it's a tough one. Bristol City are bottom of the table. They've been getting some very bad results recently. So it's not going to be, he's not going to have a sort of season of bedding in or anything. You, you will have to kind of start making things happen. But you couldn't really blame him for moving if he does or when he does, as it might seem. Now, before we go into the, the preview of the upcoming games, I thought I'd mention Ross McCormack scoring an overhead kick against Doncaster this weekend. Uh, I don't know if either of you have seen it. I posted it on the forum earlier this evening. Yeah, I had a wee look earlier. It was a cracking finish. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, so, Laurie, if you haven't seen it, uh, you could search in the forum. Just search for Ross McCormack overhead kick. Yeah, I was, was going to watch earlier instead of watching uh, Hibs Motherwell. I probably should have because I noticed the Doncaster Leeds highlights on the <laughs> on the BBC, and I was I kept getting tempted to start watching Championship highlights instead of forcing myself to watch St Johnston and Motherwell and Hibs. But there you go. No, I didn't see it, but um, you know I'm a McCormack fan. As, as I've said before, I don't understand why he wasn't in the Scotland team, but it's Levine. You know McCormack scores goals, so it's probably. Maybe sent him a text. Maybe sent a text to Levine and had a wee fallout or something. Maybe sent him a joke by mistake or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> sent a text to the wrong person. I that twat didn't call me up. But, Oops, send. <laughs> it's like it's like kids, you know, falling out over text. I'm not speaking to you anymore. Okay, I'll, I'll call well, you. I, no, I don't know. I don't know because I heard it wasn't a text to Levine. I heard it was a text to to somebody else saying, "Don't bother picking me." I'm no wanting to play anymore. So, I don't know. I know, I know it's Levine's like, oh, if he sends me a text saying sorry, I'll call him up again. <laughs> if, he, if, he, if he writes on my Facebook wall and says sorry, <laughs> I'm going to call him up. It's all, it's all forgiven. Send me a tweet. Send Aye. him a tweet. Give, give him some Bebo love and I'll call you up again. <laughs> Bebo! <laughs> Does anyone use people anymore? Just sure. youngsters oh. like Laurie. <laughs> no, not even me. Right, so I thought we'd go on to trying to predict the scores of the upcoming games. And we've got a European game coming up on Thursday at 6 o'clock on, live on ESPN. And that is Celtic playing away to Rennes. And I was wondering what your predictions were. I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to withhold making my prediction till I've heard uh, what you two have to say about the game. Um, I'm wanting to go for a probably a Ren victory, but I don't know. Celtic are on a high after the after clawing back those three goals. So so yeah, I'm going to think about it while you give me your predictions. It could be the first game ever with three football teams in it. <laughs> if if stories are true about Sion getting bit, let back in. Yeah, is it the arbitration of sport? UEFA's saying whatever they decide uh, we have to go with. They're wanting everybody to almost agree to that. So, so yeah, there, it could be a, a five-team group. Who knows? Five-team group it's looks, looks like it's the way it's going to go as a five-team group. Um, to be honest, I don't know much about Stad Ren. Apparently they have brought in a, a few kind of big sort of players or reasonably... Um, expensive signings uh, I know they are 7th in the um, French League but they're only 5 points off big spending PSG who, who are at the top so by all accounts I think they're actually 
a reasonable team and you know Celtic are absolutely gash away from home in Europe so yeah not really much else to say on it 2-0 Rennie Ren that'll do yeah like yourself Laurie I don't know much about Ren it has to be said um, I think we were speaking earlier I think the only player we kind of seem to recognise was that Mvilia that's been linked with Arsenal but yeah I don't Celtic away from home I mean they, they tend not to do anything so I think he'll go for 1-0 to Ren yeah, John, I think I'm going to copy you there. 1-0, because I do think that Celtic will run them close, because, as I said, I think they're going to be flying after scoring those three goals in such a short space of time. If, if Stokes gets to, gets a start, then I think they, they might score, but I think it, it's more likely to be a 1-0 defeat. So, moving on to the SPL. And the the first game of the weekend is a lunchtime kickoff live on Sky Sports Four, and that is Motherwell against Kilmarnock. Motherwell find themselves in a nice position this coming weekend, where they can take the the they could close the gap on Rangers down to I think four points if they win this. So I think that's going to be the incentive that they need to to get a victory from this. Especially since they're at home, I'm going to go for a 3-0 victory. What are you thinking, Laurie? Um, I'm going for a 2-1 Kilmarnock victory. I don't know why. I'm just going with it. (laughs) That's it. I think Motherwell at the moment have got a better away record than they do have a home record, I think. I saw earlier that they've won three at home and lost two. So they're actually they're away forms better, which is unusual for any yeah, of the Scottish yeah. teams and apart from the old firm generally. Um I think it might be a draw. So I'll go for one all. One each, right. The next game up I've got here is Dundee United versus St Johnson. And I think I'm gonna continue to, to back Dundee United this season. The they've maybe slipped a little bit, but I think the especially at home I think they're gonna do the business two one to United and Sandaza to score against his his ex employers. One one. Uh, after watching <laughs> Dundee United just there, I think they might struggle a wee bit. Um I think I'll go for two one to St Johnson. And the next game up is Inverness against Dunfermline. And Laurie, I know you mentioned earlier that you weren't uh, too impressed with Dunfermline, but from what I've seen, it was only the highlights, but I thought they looked okay. And again, on the highlights, I thought Inverness looked rank in their game. So I'm going to go for a 2-0 victory to <laughs> Dunfermline. Yawn, 0-0. A Paul Band. Yep. Yeah, I'm going by Paul Band, 0-0 as well. Paul Bands is the final game on Saturday is St Mirren against Hibs and well by all accounts St Mirren played very well against Rangers and Hibs they just continue to to be abysmal really perhaps a strong word but they've just not done well this season so I'm going to go for a St Mirren victory I'm going to go for 3-1 and the Hibs goals O'Connor. Um, 2-0 St Mirren. Hibs are rubbish, so aye. 2-0 St Mirren. Um, I think I, I can't see Hibs keeping a 
keeping any a clean sheet. St Mirren are playing some decent football. Um, I'll go for one 0 to St Mirren. On to Sunday and uh, lunchtime kickoff, which is live on ESPN, where a twelve thirty kickoff is Hearts versus Rangers. And I think Hearts are going to be pretty optimistic going into this one. Rangers were on a bit of a run prior to the international break, but they've after drawing one one with St Mirren and by all accounts, perhaps deserving that single point rather than the win. So I think I'm going to go for a two-each draw here. So even Stevens. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting because Hearts have conceded once at home this season. That was the one game before Sergio came in. Rangers haven't conceded away. So under Sergio, Hearts have played four, scored nine, conceded none, won all the games. And uh, Rangers have... One all five away games, scored 12 and conceded none. So as they say, something has to give. Uh, unless it's nil-nil, of course. Um, uh, yeah, Paul Band. I, I can't call it. I'm looking forward to it. I think I'm changing my shift next week, so I might be a bit late on the podcast because I want to go to the game. I can't. I honestly can't call it. A draw would probably be safe, but, you know, I'm going to be optimistic since I've said little about the other games. Um, <laughs> one nil hearts. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Hearts. Well, they've got a good record against the old the old form at Tynecastle, haven't they? Yep. So yeah. I think Hearts might at least gonna steal a point. So I'll go for for one all. Go for a one all draw there. And uh, the final game, due to the participation in the Europa League, Celtic face Aberdeen at Celtic Park at a three o'clock kickoff. I think Celtic are going to have too much for Aberdeen. They are travelling away on Thursday evening, which it's always difficult to to make that that game late on Thursday night and come back and perform at the weekend. But I think they're still going to have too much for Aberdeen. Sorry, John, but I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory to Celtic. Put it this way, I don't, I don't think it'll be as bad as Aberdeen's first trip to Parkhead last season. Um, surely can't be. It surely can't. I notice. I notice the prediction only goes up to nine as well, so you couldn't get any worse. Anyway, we wouldn't be allowed to predict more than that. Um, <laughs> no. no, I think. I think Celtic. They will have too much for Aberdeen. Still, they will be back from Europe, so I don't think they'll completely overrun them. But I don't think Aberdeen have maybe got enough about them to come and take advantage of Celtic, especially at Parkhead. So I think two 0 Probably not the most exciting of games. Aberdeen will probably perform admirably, but just won't have that kind of that killer that killer instinct in the last third. So yeah, two 0 Celtic. Um, so I'm not sure how to call this one. I, I think yesterday we were we were discussing some of the kind of boys I was at the football with, and at the time at half time when Kelly were three 0 up, we thought we'd we'd possibly be facing a new manager and there'd be a bit of a reaction. Um, but then obviously Celtic came back yesterday, got a three 0 draw. So it's that way. There's going to be kind of mixed feelings, I think, with Celtic, like where they are just now. They've got the game on Thursday. Oh, I'll, I'll I'll be optimistic and say that we can pick up a point there with our recent form, and I'll go for one all. One all. Get rid of the, get rid of the demons from last year. Very optimistic. Yeah. Oh, you've got to be. So that's that's it for the predicted scores for the Europa League and the SPL. I don't think we'll bother predicting scores, but there's the Scottish Cup takes place this weekend and this Saturday, and 
John, your team can let Talbot play three Rovers. They do indeed, yeah. Are you confident? Uh, yeah, I think no, I think we should be confident. Um we're playing well recently. Um we won our first trophy last week, the Arda Cup. We beat Irvine Meadow, which is always good. And then yesterday another cup game, the West of Scotland Cup, we won there as well. How many there's cups a lot of cups got? in junior football. It's <laughs> work uh, there's a lot of cups. Um so yeah, no, I think I think we 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 should go through at home. I think we should go through quite a, quite comfortably. I'm looking forward to the game. The cup games are always tend to be a better kind of atmosphere than the the league games in the juniors. So yeah, no, it'll be good. Looking forward to it. Yeah, good, good. So that brings us to the the end of the podcast. So uh, Laurie, once again, thanks for joining us as a co-host. No problemo. And John, thanks again for coming on as a, the special guest. No worries. Thanks for having me again, Craig. I hopefully you can come on again sometime soon. Ah, uh, yeah, definitely. And well, Laurie, I think we'll we'll hopefully do the the podcast next Sunday. But uh, if Hearts get a result against Rangers, I'll understand if we have to postpone it to Monday evening. No, no. See, I'm I'm working either way. So either either work early and miss the game. And I'll be fine for a proper podcast recording or I work late and I just have to do the podcast a bit later. And I think I'm going to be swapping. So we'll, we'll start a bit later, but um, we'll, we'll see if we're, we're getting on well enough to, to record it at that time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Thanks again, guys. And if if you haven't joined up for the forum yet, the URL is scottishfootballforums.co.uk. And you can register there using your Facebook or your Twitter account. Or you can just register just by entering a username and email and password. Follow on Twitter as well, at SFootballForums, if you like tweeting. Yep, if if you're on Twitter and if you like the occasional drunken tweet from myself when I'm watching a, a Rangers game in the pub, then follow SFootballForums. Right, thanks a lot guys. Cheers. See you later. See you next week. Bye.